friends. Welcome to Dig the Plot Podcast. I'm Jada Atwood. Welcome, welcome. Is anyone else finding it hard to breathe because they have eaten so much? Because I currently have my hand raised because that is me. I am it. I am struggling. We had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. We've been off for four days. My family's been together. My oldest has been in from college. And we've just really had the best family time. Um, in fact, there's, I'm downstairs recording this podcast and they're upstairs singing Sturgill Simpson at the top of their lungs and playing the guitar and Mario Kart all in the living room. So this, I am directly below them. So if you hear obnoxious screaming, stomping, I don't know, because I can hear them. I really don't know how much this mic's going to pick up from that, but I hate to kill their good time. And it's just great to hear them up there having a good time. But like I said, we had a great Thanksgiving and I really hope that you all did as well. Now it's start to look toward Christmas which I love is just as much as I do Thanksgiving. Food, obviously, is my favorite part. All right, the first book that we're going to look at today is I'm Not Done With You Yet by Jesse Satanto. Now, this was my November Thriller Obsessed Buddy read, and I was very excited to read this book. I've talked about this numerous times on our podcast. I've talked about it coming up. Finally got it in the mail and read it. Our buddy chat is next week. Thought about doing this after our buddy chat just to get all of the other opinions. Because I'm going to be perfectly honest. I don't know how I feel about this book. I can't say I loved it, but I also can't say that I didn't love it. I gave it three stars. And let me tell you why. I had a good friend tell me some time ago that if I rated anything below a three, then she didn't want to read it. Like that to her was kind of what she used if she got went by things that I said. If I rated it below a three, she just didn't bother picking it up. And I don't want to discourage anyone from reading this. So I went with an even, you know, a middle of the road, three stars and let you judge for yourself. So maybe at the end of this podcast, I'll take it up a, a notch, maybe even take it down a notch. But let me tell you what it's about. So Jane is unhappy. She is trapped in a mediocre marriage. She lives in a house they can't afford. They barely scrape by. She's just a mid-list writer at best. She also believes she is a sociopath and has social anxiety issues. Now, all of this is self-diagnosed. And you, you have to say you can relate to her because I think we all self-diagnose. You know, something happens and you're Googling it and, you know, it's always the worst with everything. So she had a bad day with her husband, so she was just fed up with everything. So she's like, I'm just going to try to get away from it all. She sat down at her desk, and she checks her email. Now, she has received an email from the New York Times, which you're going to find out is strange. I'm not going to point out anything that, I mean, this is not a spoiler, but, you know, it was a little odd. And at the very top of the list of their bestseller list, there she finds a name she hasn't seen in forever, Thalia Ashcroft. And Thalia is the author of A Most Pleasant Death, a book Jane firmly believes is about their friendship. Now, this book goes between present day and nine years ago when Jane meets Thalia and basically becomes obsessed with her. And as you read this, I really couldn't wait to find out what brought their friendship to an end. And what brought it to an end was a reason that June believed was going to bring them closer, which I wholeheartedly believe she did it because she thought that that would just endear Thalia to her even more and would just make them inseparable. And it actually did the opposite. Now, Jane has been looking for Thalia since their friendship ended that night and has had no luck. She's 
Googled her. I mean, she's tried to find her on social media. She's just, you know, off and on over those nine years and nothing until the debut of this book. So she actually tracked her down where she was going to be at a convention being held at New York City. Jane knew her husband was never going to agree to let her go. She did ask. He said, no, they don't have the money because they never have money because they're paying for a house that they can't afford. And, you know, it just snowballs from there. So she worked out a few of the kinks and managed to convince him with those reasons to let her go. And so she makes it to the convention. Now, I have to say, all of these characters are unlikable. But... (laughs) I disliked Jane so much that I actually liked her, which probably makes no sense at all. The story is filled with dark humor, which I definitely enjoy. I thought Ted was a complete arse in the beginning, and then I did end up liking him. I completely started seeing him in a different light, which I think was the point. All of the characters are unreliable and can't be trusted. So I think you grasp that from the very beginning. There is just so much going on beneath the surface of this story that won't be revealed until you finish it until the very end. I will say, for whatever reason, I had a strong feeling about what was really going on here. So I can't say I was shocked at the twist. I can't say that I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. And I'm not someone who tries to figure it out and then brag about it. Can't stand that. But for just some reason, there was just something about the book that was telling. It can definitely be described as a psychological thriller. But to me, it was just such a slow burn. And it was so slow that when I put it down, I wasn't necessarily rushing to pick it back up again, which kind of played into the three stars. I love books that like, I can't wait till my lunch break, can't wait till I get home, can't wait till I fold the clothes, can't wait till I, you know, I can't wait to pick it back up. And for whatever reason, the ending felt like it was written by someone else. I actually did read reviews. I was hoping I would find something that someone else had wrote that alluded to this. The book just hit a certain point toward the end that, to me, the whole tone of it changed. And it was like someone else picked this up and finished writing it. I can't even describe it. I could probably go and pinpoint the chapter that I felt the difference in the writing, the difference in the attitude of these characters. The ending was okay, but it is left open-ended, which could possibly lead to a sequel, which, if you're listening, I would not recommend this being a sequel. My favorite part of this book was Jane. I loved her witty remarks, her dark humor. She was the reason I kept reading, and which it's, you know... It's kind of about death. I'm not that I want to kill people, but there was just some reason I really liked Jane. This book could be easily compared to Death of a Bookseller. Bookseller, not a book in a seller, a bookseller, S-E-L-L-E-R, which is one of my favorite books. I can't remember if it was last year's or the year before, but it was written by Alice Slater, and I highly recommend reading it. I don't think it's something that you'd pick up on your own. But really and truthfully, Death of a Bookseller, I mean, it's much better than this, but I can't compare it to that. So as of now, I'm going to be honest, and I've said that twice, yes to my husband I have. I've tried to quit saying that, but I can't help it. It's my thing. As of now, Vera Wong's Unsolicited Advice for Murders is still my favorite book by Jesse Satanto. She gets rave reviews for all of her books. I've actually went on Libby and just requested everything she wrote because I can't really believe that the person who wrote... This book wrote the the Vera Wong's unsolicited advice for murders. They she's she can adapt to different situations, but 
like I said, three stars. I'm still going to say read it. You're still going to hear about it. It's going to be one of those popular books. And if you're like me, you're going to have FOMO anyway. So read it. And I may even come back next week if um, there's any big reveal in our book chat this week, just to give you some different opinions. All right. The next one is Daughter of Mine by Megan Miranda. She is one of those authors I've mentioned before. I have a love-hate relationship with her. She isn't one of my favorites. I'm not sure I've even give her high ratings, yet I continue to read all of her books. I don't know why I'm drawn to this. Don't have an answer for it. But yet, I think I've read everything she's written, which is strange. So Hazel, Hazel Sharp, which I love the name Hazel, was shocked to learn that she inherited her childhood home. After her father passes away, her father was Detective Perry Holt, which was Mirror Lake's longtime local detective. She has two brothers, Gage and Caden, who still live there and both followed her father into the force. So she had actually moved. So that would just come. She just left town like she couldn't wait to get away from there. I mean, she still talked to her family, but she couldn't believe that he left her the home. So the area that they lived in had been without rain for 62 days and counting. So the day of her father's memorial service he lived on the lake. It was quite some distance from their house, but they watched as a car was pulled from the lake. Kind of took the attention away from her father's memorial service. So things kind of go from there. So she finds out that she's inherited this home and she's going to be living there. So she comes back because they're going to clean it out. And when she comes back, another car is pulled from the lake, still with no rain. So, I mean, that's why it's happening. Another car is pulled from the lake directly behind her dad's house. So, soon, long hidden secrets begin to emerge, including evidence that may help finally explain the mystery of her mother's disappearance years ago. This book, oh my gosh, was so slow. I could never get into the story. I almost put it down several times. But I hung in there just to at least be able to say I seen how it ended. For me, there was no twist. There was no suspense. And, you know, after I read this and I've decided I'm going to break up with Megan Miranda, I don't know what the draw is. I like her. Maybe I like the covers of her books. I like the summary of her books, but when it actually comes to reading them, there's just not enough grit for me. Now, this book won't be published until April the 9th, 2024, and thanks to NetGalley and Simon Element for the advanced reader copy. I would also like to note that this book has received a ton of good reviews already. So most of us that read NetGalley, they post reviews on NetGalley, and they automatically post to Goodreads, and so I was on Goodreads and just I try to read the summaries that are written about the book. I only found two re two bad reviews, and they weren't even that bad, out of probably 40-plus reviews. So it's definitely not her. It's me. You know, the good old line when you break up with someone. It's not you. It's me. But I think this is probably going to have to be my, my last Megan Miranda book. She's just not for me. Okay, my last review for the day is Sanatorium by Sarah Pierce. And I think what I'm about to say is going to shock you. It might even incite a riot. I don't know, but I did not like this book. Really not even at all. I mean, it's not horrible. It's just not. When I see the words gothic thriller, this was not what I expected to follow. I mean, it just wasn't. Maybe I should look the definition up 
about that. <laughs> but this just was not what I was expecting. I loved the prologue. I was very excited about what was to follow. Then I read it and was no longer excited. I've had this book for well over a year, and I just feel like I knew in my heart that I wasn't going to enjoy it. Crazy intuition, I don't know. So the Lay Summit, I mean, I'm not a fancy talker, so I'm sure there's a fancy way to say that, but it has always been a sinister place, long plagued by troubling rumors. It's the former, it's a former abandoned sanatorium, and it's since been renovated into a five-star minimalist hotel. So Elin Warner has taken time off from her job as a detective. So when her estranged brother Isaac and his fiance Lori invite her to celebrate their engagement at the hotel, she has no reason to say no. So Elin takes her boyfriend Will with her. I'm going to just let you know that wasn't important. Don't even know why I had to mention his name, but I just went ahead and threw that little tidbit in there for you. So they arrive in the midst of a threatening snowstorm and the very next day, very next morning, wake up and Lori goes missing. Then they just start finding dead bodies. There was so many things wrong with this story. The one thing, the one thing that I did like, let's just go ahead, because there are things, even if you don't like a book, I really did like the setting. It was an old sanatorium in the middle of a dangerous snowstorm. What could be scarier or creepier? The scene was set for a perfect spooky story, but alas, it ended there for me. I didn't like Elin at all. Her reasoning for coming to celebrate her brother's engagement was so that she could confront him about murdering their youngest brother over 20 years ago. So you've been harboring this for 20 years, and you thought, hmm, I'm going to go up here on this remote mountain, see him where I've not spoken to him in forever with his new fiancé, and I'm going to confront him about a murder. No, mm -mm, I don't think so. I don't really think it was the time, and I think if you've been dwelling on this for 20 years you should have already done it you've had 20 years to do it so I felt no sympathy for her whatsoever she also suffers from PTSD from her job which is why she's on leave from the force her as a detective was not believable no one else in this hotel seemed concerned about what's going on besides Elin Will is a just completely useless. I mean, just completely useless. She should have sent him home or let him be buried in the snow. I don't know, but he served no purpose whatsoever. Nothing about this was plausible, including the ending. And I will have to tell on myself here, apparently I lost interest in this book at some point. I really didn't think that I did. I thought that I read because I read a spoiler review and I had no clue why the killer was killing people until I read this. I have no idea how I missed it, but I, I mean, I had finished the book. I had already wrote my own review and was reading this and I was like, oh, that's why they did it. It just didn't hold my interest at all. I really like to care about the people in the book and I didn't care about them. And just today... Just today, I saw where, in parentheses, I guess on Goodreads, that this was Detective Elon Warner number one. So, this will for sure be a series, which the epilogue did allude to. I had that thought when I finished reading it, but she has a long way to go to turn her detective skills into a series. This was just too far-fetched for me. And, you know, I'm really wondering now, looking back and looking at the cover, if the popularity of this book came from the fact that it was Reese's Book Club pick when it came out. It just was not what I was looking for. It's not something I'll continue to read. I'm, I'm really not interested in Elin Warner and her detective 
skills at all. So every week, I like to look back and do a pick of the week, and none of these were really standouts, but if I have to choose one, I would encourage you to read I'm Not Done With You Yet by Jesse Satanto. It would be my pick. It would be my pick for this week. So I am currently reading Him Like Island by Kelly Armstrong, hoping it doesn't let me down. So far, I've read three chapters. Can't say I love it because, again, it's I'm really easily distracted. I'm not you know, shushing everybody to let, to let me read. So I'm not too sure, but I've only read like three chapters. So we'll see. It has phenomenal reviews and I just anxiously awaited to get this on Libby and finally gave up and bought it. So we'll see. Also this week, my husband came up with a good idea about reading a book that I haven't heard of or one that's not being reviewed by every single person on Instagram, because you can definitely tell when a book's released, when they're published, you can tell when one of the more, I don't hate to say popular, but when one of the more popular authors releases a book, I mean, it's everywhere. So he actually picked out the book that I'm going to read and I've ordered it. So along with that, he's going to start picking out the book for me once a month. He knows what I love to read it, you know, but I do think he can tend to go toward books that aren't, I guess, too mainstream. So my first one will not happen until December because it's from eBay and it's going to take forever to get here. But it's called How to Kill Your Family by Bella Mackey. I've not seen this anywhere. I really don't know how he found it. But that's what we've ordered. And what was funny is we were actually sitting... I think at a family gathering and I was ordering it and my 19 year old son sat down beside me and he said, "Mm, mom, is there something you want to tell me? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, you know how to kill your family. So then my other son today, I was telling a good friend about it. She came over after church and Ethan's like, Cole, you better lock your door at night. That's all I'm telling you. (laughs) So, but anyway, it's supposed to have dark humor and really looking forward to it. So I really want to call this segment something. I'm still trying to think of something funny or humorous. It could just be the read my husband picked. I don't know. So we'll see. But that's coming in December. All right. That's it for this week. Next week, no shockers here, more book reviews. listening to this week's dig the plot be sure and follow me on instagram at dig the plot underscore join me next week see you then